thank you for that song. That's a blessing. I'd like to say it's good to have Cheyenne visiting with us here for the first time today. Lonnie's daughter and Bailey's sister. Appreciate her coming out today and uh, make her feel welcome. Well, go ahead and take your Bibles. Turn to the book of 1 Peter, chapter 4. 1 Peter, chapter 4, verse 12. Read verse 12 through 17. Beloved, think it not strange concerning concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when His glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the Spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part He is evil spoken of, but on your part He is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the Gospel of God? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray You'll bless this message. Dear God, I pray speak to hearts. And I pray it will be an encouragement. Lord, and I just pray that uh, You help people realize no matter what comes, Lord, just like that song we just heard says, there is hope. Lord, and I pray You'll uh, help each one to claim these promises and to be able to have the victory this year. In Your name we pray. Amen. I'm going to talk this morning about how to prepare for the battles of 2012. Now, I'm not talking about the end of the world. I know whenever people hear 2012, they think it's the end of the world. And I know there's probably, you're going to hear a lot of stuff about that. There's been all kinds of end of the world movies come out and things like that. But that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm talking about today. I will say this, that if you do study Bible prophecy a little bit, uh, I can, you can pretty much prove through the Bible that this cannot be the end uh, year 2012, we've still got to have at least a seven year tribulation. And uh, now the rapture could come in 2012. I wouldn't mind if that happened and it could start the end of the world process, but uh, there will be a 2013, I can promise you that. But uh, there are going to be some battles though in 2012. And these battles that I'm going to talk about, a lot of times people, when they are going through these things, they act like it is the end of the world for them. But the truth is, it's not the end of the world. And I'm here to tell you that whatever battles that you face, that you face this year, and you are going to face some, that through Christ you can overcome those. But you know what? It is uh, these, uh, this message and these things I'm going to talk about. Actually, last year on New Year's Eve, I was uh, speaking on this subject at Lighthouse, at Lighthouse Baptist Church, and I made these statements. And you know, I, I kind of got some looks. I'm going to say I'm going to say the same thing here, and I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying to uh, be morbid. I'm not I'm not a doom and gloom person. I'm usually pretty optimistic. But you know what? It is very possible that by January 1st of next year, that in between in between now and then, that somebody in this auditorium, and I'm so I'm not saying what I think is going to happen. This was a list from last year. Somebody's going to be diagnosed with cancer. Somebody's going to, may lose their job. Somebody here may lose a loved one. Somebody may suffer a serious injury. Somebody here will probably have a car breakdown. Somebody might have to pay a big doctor's bill. Now I said all these things. There was one more I said. I won't say that one yet. But you know what? I was trying to think about it. 
I think probably every one of those things I thought about people that were there last year and that happened. Some of these things happened to them. Some of these things happened to us. seems like we've been at a lot of funerals this year. We lost, we lost loved ones. My wife, she said she had three family members here in town that all, all died just this last year. But then the last one, and fortunately this one did not happen to anybody, and I hope it doesn't happen to anybody here, but it was somebody in this room maybe dead. Now, not trying to be morbid, I know this sounds terrible. Oh, you're not supposed to talk about that. You can't talk like that. But you know, the truth is these things do happen every day. They happen to good people. They happen to bad people. People die. And you know what? Not just old people. Young people. Children. Middle-aged people. You know, you can go to the cemetery and you can find people that have died at pretty much all ages. And I know it's something we don't like to think about, but the simple fact is it does. It happens all the time. Many people, they think that because they're a Christian, they're going to church, and they're doing the will of God, they think that they can't be touched by these things. But it happens to people even who are right with God. Revelation chapter 21, verse 4 says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. There is a day coming where we won't have to worry about these things. There is a day coming where there's not going to be any more death. There's not going to be sorrow, crying, pain. Those things, the Bible says, someday are going to pass away. It says God's going to wipe away the tears from our eyes. You know why? Because we're going to have things to we have things to cry about. We have things that can bring us sorrow. And you all, you're probably going to have some things this year that are going to bring tears to your eyes. But you know what? Thank God there is a day coming where God's going to wipe those tears away. Where those things are going to be gone. You heard Brother Gomer talk about how he had uh, a few years ago he had to put his wife in a nursing home. That was a difficult time. But you know what? There's coming a day where nobody's going to have to do those things anymore. And you know what? There's coming a day where she's going to be have a new body and not going to have to deal with things like old timers anymore. Cancer is not going to be a problem anymore. But that day is not today. It's not today. But you know what? Just ignoring them and not talking about them, it's not going to stop them from coming. And the, So what I want to do today is I want to talk about how do we prepare for these things. I hope none of these things happen. I hope everybody's healthy this year. I hope nobody dies this year. I hope nobody even has anybody that they love that dies. I hope your car doesn't break down. I hope you get all get raises on your jobs instead of uh, getting laid off and losing jobs. I hope that happens. But I think you all would say I was naive if I thought that that was going to be the case with everybody. Because bad things do happen even to good people. So, how do we prepare for them? Well, in this most of our scripture is going to be from this passage that we read. In 1 Peter 4, the very first verse we read, verse 12, it says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. You know what I notice most of the time when bad things happen to people? And you know what? It's, I'm not just talking about other people. I've been the same way. Most of the time when bad things happen, we think, what's going on? We're kind of blindsided by it, aren't we? We think, I mean, what happened? I know, you know, we, you hear messages like this and we think about everybody else in the room, yeah, they might have to face this, but when it actually happens to us, most of the time we're completely blindsided by it. We're not ready for it. 
It's it's like we have this attitude that nothing bad was ever supposed to happen to us. He said, think it not strange. You know, when you face a trial, now listen, I'm the kind of person I try to be this way. If you're going through a hard time, if you're facing a difficulty, I try to be that person that, you know, just feel sorry for you. I try. I don't like to preach at people, and you know, I might quote them some scripture, but even then, sometimes we just need to feel sorry for people. A good a, a preacher that I know and uh, really care about. He lives down in Georgia. Just found out his six-month-old daughter has leukemia. That's horrible. And this guy, he's a great preacher. He's a great man of God. He's got a great family, and uh, going through a hard time right now. I remember my wife. She sent an email to him. And I said, I hope you didn't preach to him. I hope you didn't like send him scripture verses. A lot of times when people are going through things, you know, everybody like goes and tries to, you know, preach to you and just have faith. And you know, we we know I know I was like, he knows he's supposed to have faith. Unfortunately she didn't. He knows the scripture verses. Sometimes people just need some sympathy. Sometimes people just need to know uh they need to know that somebody cares about them. But one thing that uh, and I try to be that way, but one thing that you need to understand though is that when something bad happens, it's it's not a weird thing. Bad things happen to everybody. It it it's just it's it's a fact. And if we have that attitude, it will help us prepare spiritually so we're not overtaken. And that's where people get nailed. They just never thought it would happen to them. I never I mean I'm not planning on losing anybody I love and I care about. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope to see all my kids grow up and get married and have kids and all those things. I want to see that. I hope I never have to go to a funeral of a child or even a funeral of my wife. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see those things. But it could happen. It could happen. And so if we have that mindset that these things can happen to us, then... Every day that we don't have these fiery trials, it's going to cause us to be thankful. And really, that's the attitude we should have. You know, most people, when they do lose somebody that they never expected, they never expected to happen, and they think, if I could just have one more day. Well, you know what? Let's not be overtaken. Let's realize that could happen to us and take advantage of the day that we do have. Take advantage of the fact that they are here right now. Rejoice in the fact that we are not going through a fiery trial at this moment. Thank God for that. And so many people today, we take it for granted. We're not thankful. And really, this message is not about being morbid. It's really about having a positive attitude and about being thankful for the fact that we're not in that fiery trial right now. Just yesterday, we continue to be praying for Tanya, Jan and Tanya, we've... Tanya's going through a lot right now with cancer. Boy, she's she's in a lot of pain right now, and just it's it's not looking real good for her. And boy, I was there and I was looking at that. And I thought, man, I can't imagine what she's going through right now. I can't imagine what Jan's going through. I can't imagine if I had to see my wife going through that. That would be hard. You know what it made me thankful? It made me thankful that I'm not going through that right now. I'm thankful that my wife doesn't have cancer right now because that could happen. And it made me, I went out of that hospital thankful for the fact that I have health right now and that my family is healthy right now. That's why it's good sometimes to maybe go and visit people in the hospital or go and visit nursing homes or go play, or uh, boy, children's hospitals. Boy, those will really make you thankful for the health if your kids are healthy. 
It's I hate seeing that, especially with kids that are suffering and going through things. But when we have that attitude that these things could happen to us, we'll be thankful every day that they don't happen. But most people aren't like that. We think that we've earned the blessings that God has given us. We think that we deserve to have this happy life and a healthy family. But the fact is we could lose it any day. There's a man named Job in the Bible. You ought to read about Job. In the very first chapter, Job was a righteous man. He was a man that loved God. He hated evil. And Job lost every one of his kids. Ten kids. They all died in one day. Job lost all of his possessions in one day. It was all gone. He ended up losing his health. And he still remained thankful. He made a statement there in Job chapter 1 that I think is or 2. It was a great statement. He said, "...naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return." The Lord giveth, the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job realized that when I came into this earth, I came in with nothing. When I leave this earth, I'm going to leave with nothing. Everything that I have in between, it's a blessing of God. And God's chosen to take away some of my things right now. But He said, blessed be the name of the Lord. And the end of that story, God ended up giving everything back to Job. Job got double of his possessions. Job had ten more kids. God gave, God gave everything back to Job. So realize these things are going to happen to you. Then secondly, focus on glorifying God during your difficulties. It says in verse 13, "...but rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when His glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. And if ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the Spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part, He is evil spoken of, but on your part... He is glorified. When we go through difficult times, that's a great opportunity to glorify God. You know, God wants us to be a witness and a testimony to people in this world. And you know what? What would it? I mean, we wouldn't be as good of a testimony if you know if anybody can be faithful and do right when everything's going good. You got money in the bank. You're healthy. Everything's going great in your life. If you're loving God and you're faithful, then. Well, that's understandable. But what about when things are difficult? What if people, maybe the people you work with, your family, they still see you faithful to God while you're going through hard times? Maybe while you're struggling financially or spiritually, or maybe even or physically, maybe when you lose somebody, they still see you loving God. They still see you faithful to God. That's where God can be glorified. And the Bible says that we are partakers of Christ's sufferings. I mean, that's it's a privilege to suffer for the name of Christ. I mean, a lot of times we look at ourselves as victims and we look at ourselves like all these... I mean, we're just worse off than anybody in the world. But think about the sufferings that Jesus Christ went through for us. And you know what? If He can be glorified through some of our sufferings, we ought to be willing to accept that. and We ought to be fine with it. I'm not saying that we go looking for ways to suffer. I'm not saying that. I would do everything I can to avoid suffering. But if it does happen, we're going to still be faithful to God. We're going to keep on doing the right thing. Determine that in your heart that whatever happens, I'm still going to stay faithful to God. I'm still going to do what God wants me to do. We glorify God by being obedient. And part of God being glorified comes when He brings us out of the fiery trial. But God cannot be glorified when we're disobedient. Think about think about how many what what would have been like if let's say Daniel, you know the story of Daniel in the lion's den. 
They made a law that you couldn't pray. And he prayed anyway. And they threw him in the lion's den. How do you think that story would have went? Or how do you think God would have looked if we would have read that story? Here's this man named Daniel. And you're, you know, kids learn about it in Sunday school and you're telling the kids. And kids, boy, Daniel, he loved God and Daniel obeyed God. And Daniel, he prayed, he prayed three times a day and they made a law saying you weren't allowed to pray. And Daniel, he obeyed God anyway and he prayed and they threw him in the lion's den and the lions ate him up. That would be a real uh, motivating story, wouldn't you think? Here's this guy that faithful. Now listen, if Daniel would have died in the lion's den, he would have been a martyr. You read about martyrs, it's it's worth it when they get to heaven. He'd have still been okay. God would have still been good. But you know what? God in that situation, He felt that He would be glorified the best by saving him from the lions, and that's exactly what God did. Or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know the story of them. They wouldn't bow to the idol. And the king said they were going to throw him in the fiery furnace. And you're telling the kids about it. And they went and they were obedient to God. And they went and those men took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and they threw him in the furnace. And the men listened as they screamed and died and burnt to death. You know, that, I don't think God would have been glorified as good in that situation. God chose to save them and rescue them. But He was able to do that because they were obedient. These guys did what God told them to do and God was able to do a great work in their lives. And many times, we don't give God a chance to bring us out of the fiery trial. As soon as things start looking like they're going wrong, we start despairing. We get mad at God. We quit doing the things that God wants us to do. And God doesn't have the ability to do a work. I appreciated just the other day, the Manessas, how they have practice. They were having a band practice or something on a Sunday night. They said, we go to church on Sunday night. They changed the band practice time for them. You know, most people, they never figure that out. If you just take a stand, a lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times, it works. They'll change things for it, but most people don't ever have the courage to do that. And thank God when people do. But that can only happen when you are obedient to God. You got God is glorified when He brings people out of those trials. Those trials that you're facing, while they're hard, they will end. They will. They will come to an end. You will. Uh, you will. God. God can heal you. You might think I can never be healed from that broken heart. If you lose somebody, you think I can't go on. Listen, I mean, it is hard, but God can heal you. He will help you. He can bring you out. He's brought people out of worse situations. He brought Lazarus back from the dead after four days being dead. God can heal whatever hurt that you have in your life. So focus on glorifying God during your difficulties. That time, that's when you ought to be more obedient than ever. Boy, you ought to be obedient all the time. But especially during those fiery trials. Then third, learn learn to tell the difference between suffering for Christ and suffering as a sinner. Now this is where people get confused sometimes. They know about you know glorifying God and suffering and things like that. But in verse 15 it says, "...but let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters." Most suffering today is not because... People are doing what God wants them to do and being righteous. Most suffering today, I would say, is probably because of sin. 
And you know, I've seen people, they they're going through something horrible because, you know, they commit a crime and they go to jail. I I've talked to people like this. I, I used to go to the detention home every week. They commit a crime, they're in jail, and they think, I don't know what the Lord's trying to teach me right now. The Lord will help me get through this. Let me tell you, you're right now you're on your own. You sinned. You're paying the consequences. You're suffering as a thief. You're in jail. You know that, and uh, you know I've, I've seen people like that. Sometimes the suffering that we go through is because of our sin. When you sin, it's gonna have consequences. You're gonna reap what you sow. Most of the time, that's bad, but it can be good. But when you sin against somebody, it's gonna it's gonna hurt you. It's gonna cause it's gonna cause you problems, and it's gonna cause pain. But when you suffer for Christ. He'll give you peace during that those difficult times. And you can come out victorious. You know, I've suffered before as a sinner where I did something wrong and when the, and boy when that happens it's terrible because yeah, you don't have any hope of getting out of the of, of the consequences because you were wrong. You have to have feel feel guilty because of what you did wrong. But when you suffer for Christ's sake, he gives you peace of knowing that God's in control of this. That God is going to bless me through this time. That God is going to help me come out victorious. Our, God, I mean, our life as a Christian, it can be very challenging. But God can give you victory. And even though we suffer, God can still give us peace during that time. Most people today, when they're suffering as a sinner, their way of finding peace is maybe through drugs or the alcohol or whatever. Some way to just find an escape for a moment, to forget about it. That's why the New Year is such a big celebration. Because people, a lot of it is just people, they hated the last year so much. They're thinking, i got a new chance in the next year. But you know what? If they don't change their ways, if they don't repent of their sins, the next year is going to be just like the last year. It's going to be the same thing. And when, so when you, But when you suffer for Christ, He gives you peace. You can have that knowledge that it's... I'm, I'm going to get through this. That the Lord's going to make everything all right. But when you suffer because of your sin, you're going to be down. You're going to be depressed. You're going to be defeated. So he says, "But let none of you suffer as a murderer." There is a difference. Don't mistake suffering as a sinner for suffering as a child as a child of God. Then number four, remember that whatever you're going through, it would be a whole lot worse if you were lost. Verse 17 says, For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the Gospel of God? We forget this. I think this. if you can get a hold of this, it would be a huge help to you in whatever you face. Many people, whenever they go through a hard time as a Christian, one thing that I've seen over and over again, when somebody gives their heart to Christ, when they get saved, the devil attacks. He goes after them. He gives them challenges and things. And many times people think, I would have been better off just not getting saved than the devil wouldn't be on my back. Well, I'm sorry to tell you, but it would have actually been a whole lot worse. It would have been a whole lot worse if you were lost. That passage says, the judgment must begin at the house of God. And it says, if it begin first us, what shall the end be of those that obey not the Gospel? Of God. In other words, what it's saying, if it's as bad as it is for us, what's it going to be like for the lost? And the answer is it's going to be a whole lot worse. Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
And he's made the statement. He says, My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let me think, easy? Boy, it's hard being a Christian. Some of these things are difficult. And yes, there are challenges, but it's a whole lot better. Than, being, than when you're lost. I think about some of the things, you know, my life, there's, I could tell you guys stories about things in my life and make it sound like I had a, you know, it was hard growing up in a preacher's home. I could talk about, you know, some of the issues that I had to deal with growing up in a home like that. I, I could talk about that, maybe even make you feel sorry for me. But you know what? I've been around long enough, I've seen a lot of other people that had a whole lot harder than I have. You know, I could have grown up in a home where my parents weren't Christians. I could have grown up in a home where my parents let me do whatever I want. And most of the time when that happens, it leads to that kid going to jail. I'm, I, I told our kids whenever we, they, my wife dropped me off at the detention home one time, I said, most of these kids here, not all of them, but most of them, their parents let them do whatever they want to do. They don't put restrictions on them. Their parents don't punish them. And look, this is where it leads. They get involved in deep sin. Young kids, I mean, that could have been me. And I don't know about you, but while things, even in my life now, might be difficult, it's a whole lot better than being in prison. I can't even imagine what it would be like being in prison. You might think, you know, it's hard to be a good, a good father or to be a good husband. But you know what? I could be a bad one and have my wife leave me. And take the kids with her. I don't know about you, but that'd be a whole lot harder than being a good dad. It, I'm telling you, it's harder being when you do th- when you sin. It's harder living as a lost person. And anything and, it, and the same thing applies just with the normal circumstances in life. Things like sick, things like sickness and death. The Bible says that we should sorrow not as others which have no hope. You know what? I've had family members die too. I've had people that I care about die, just like lost people. But when that happens, when the, when that happens in my case, I know I'm going to see those people again someday. I have the hope that someday I'm going to be with them again in heaven. Lost people don't have that hope. I can't imagine what that would be like. As hard as it would be to lose a child, can't even imagine. As hard as that would be, I can't imagine losing them and not having the hope of ever seeing them again. That would be a whole lot harder. And that, and we could, I could give you examples for the next hour. Everything that you face as a lost person is, is going to be more difficult than if you're saved, if you're, if you know Christ as your Savior. So when you, if you're going to prepare for the battles of 2012, one, you need to realize things are going to happen to you during those times. Glorify, focus on glorifying God. And then third, learn to tell the difference between suffering as a sinner and suffering as a Christian. Just check. Make sure when you're going through a hard time, make sure. Say, wait a minute, did I cause this? Did I bring this about? And then fourth, remember, whatever you're going through would be a whole lot worse if you were lost. If you were lost and going through this, you wouldn't have the hope that God's going to bring you out of it victorious. You wouldn't have the hope that God is going to be, that God is going to heal you. Or you wouldn't even have the hope that God could just totally fix and resolve this situation. You'd be amazed at the messes that we make, how God can clean them up if we let them. So that's the way to prepare for the battles of 2012. And the best thing you could do is if you're not saved, make, get, invite Christ in your heart. Ask Him to be your Savior. And that is the first step towards having true victory in your life. So with that, let's stand together with our heads bowed and eyes closed.